happy Thursday. This week, I chat with my friend Anouj. While I really wanted to hear more about her experience being a new mom to her sweet daughter, Mia, we got into a super interesting conversation about astrological stereotypes and how hard it can be when you feel like you're a square peg trying to fit into a round hole for your own sign. Anoush has seven planets in Leo, and in her own words, she just said that she doesn't often feel like a Leo. And it's a really interesting conversation because we can so often get hung up on the first three words that come up when we're talking about a sign in Google and feel like that's how we should be. But what I loved about our conversation was that we were able to really explore how we grow into our charts and how the expression of any sign or planetary placement is really infinite. So we're responsible for how we embody any of these archetypal energies that we're talking about in astrology. If you've ever felt like you don't resonate with a sign in your chart or something that you've learned about astrology, this episode may shed some light on why. We went deep, but we also couldn't stop giggling. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and here we go. Hi Anoush, welcome to It's Astrological. Hi Ninan, how are you? I'm great. We're already having so much fun. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. And on Mother's Day, nonetheless, here in the US, I know this won't come out for a couple of weeks, but you're a new mom and Mia is the cutest. And I'm so excited to dig into what this big life change has meant for you over the past six months. Yes, six months. Six months. Thank you for having me, Nunette. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. Anoush and I also used to work together. <laughs> um, <laughs> I make very good friends from work. Anoush, where are you in the world? And what's your cultural background? How did you grow up? I'm in Buenos Aires, in Argentina. I grew up in an Armenian household. My parents are Armenian descent, and I was raised with the Armenian culture and the Argentinian culture as well. I went to an English school, so I got English things too. and. I have a mixture of everything. Have you lived in Buenos Aires your whole life? No, actually, I was born in Córdoba, which is another province in Argentina. It's right in the middle. And I came here when I was 10. I went to high school here, and I'm still here. <laughs> so <laughs> That is a very dynamic background. I love that. Yeah, it's a mixture of everything. And... What is your background as it relates to astrology? How long have you known about astrology? What has brought you into being interested in astrology? I don't know what got me interested in it, but six years ago, I bought myself an astrology for dummies book, and it was not for dummies at all, <laughs> because it taught you how to actually create a chart and read it. So I started like reading it, and then I was like, no, well, this is not for me. And then I went to an astrologer to have my chart read like three years ago. And my sister-in-law is also into astrology, so we talk about it a lot. I don't remember anything. Every time somebody says anything to me, I'm like, oh yeah, because my son is this. And like, and two weeks later, I'm like, what was my son? Like, <laughs> no, of course I know what my son is, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all the planets and everything, like it's really a lot of information. I don't know how you do it, by the way. <laughs> so I really find it really interesting. I think that what resonated with me the most is when they read the chart and I, I felt so described and there were so many things that made sense. And that's when I said, well, this makes total sense <laughs> mm -hmm. as, a, as a science or what, it, what is it, by the way? <laughs> that is a great question. I think it depends on who you ask. So <laughs> thousands of years ago, astrology and astronomy were the same thing. We're talking about way back the Johannes Keplers and the people who really established astrology is what it is. They were astronomers. And then once the divide happened between the two, that's when astrology started to be called a pseudoscience and, you know, worse. <laughs> Obviously, that's not my belief, being that we're on this podcast right now. But I would consider it to be a science because I'm an astrologer. And I think that it does have its background in science. But I think in today's world, it also holds so much magic and like mysticism as well. So I think it's evolved I don't know. I mean, even if you're talking about physics today and things like that, the world scientists are really realizing that 
we don't know as much as we think and that there's a lot that's unexplainable. So if the world's top scientists are coming to that conclusion, then astrology also kind of fits into that category. So I don't know, Anoush, you just posed a very deep question (laughs) to the person who's supposed to be posing deep questions. (laughs) So Anoush, you have had a major life change over the past year and a half, right? Because not only did you have a baby most recently, but before that you were pregnant for nine months and you got married and you're going to get married again in real life because (laughs) the whole world was closed for two years. Tell us all about that. That's a lot to happen in someone's life. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Ever since the pandemic started, my life has had so many changes. Like, well, the pandemic, that's one of them. But I started a new job right in the pandemic. I got married in City Hall because we couldn't do our actual wedding. And we had already paid for it. We're going to do it by the end of this year. So we're really excited about that. But the excitement changed a lot because we got pregnant last year. And as you said, we had Mia. How has it been a roller coaster in every way, emotionally, physically, philosophically? It's been such a journey. Being a mom is, well, at least for me, I think it's very personal, but I think it's, I don't know, the the best thing that has ever happened to me in every way. I, I totally understand that there's people that may not feel that way and it's completely understandable. I'm going to talk about my experience that is I don't know, life-changing, as you said, mind-blowing. There's a lot of things that you think you understand. It shows you that you don't understand anything. <laughs> and it's so crazy because I, I created a tiny human. Like, it's it's insane. I, I was talking to my husband yesterday about this, and I was saying, like, we sort of duplicated ourselves. Like, it's insane. If you think about it as if we were cells and we're doing, like, mitosis or something, I'm not that good with science but I think that's the the correct term (laughs) like I don't know we duplicated ourselves and something else came out of us like it's so insane and I don't know she has her own personality she has a brain that works and like she's learning constantly it's insane to watch her grow it's all mind-blowing that's my my take from motherhood (laughs) and now that she's six months old I've happily seen her from a little tiny nugget to the little slightly chubbier nugget that she is now. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you're talking about watching her develop and grow into her own personality. So what has that looked like from day 14, we'll say, once you settled down and we're like, wow, this is mine (laughs) until now where she's developing more and she's smiling and there's a big difference between that early stage and now what's the difference in how you're feeling about all of this it is crazy Uh, I'm a little scared in certain moments I think that sometimes you get lost in the day-to-day and when she does something new or she does something very interesting you're blown away again. It's all the time. Um, sorry for saying that I'm blown away all the time. But honestly, that's how I feel. I feel like, I don't know, if you got really high and everything's like, wow. <laughs> but honestly, everything's really, it blows your mind. I, I remember when she discovered her hands, she was looking at them in awe. It's amazing to be a witness of everything that's happening. And her personality is coming out slowly each day and I don't know what she's going to be like yet I can sense that she's going to be very calm with some things that she's going to get very frustrated with others she's going to be very resilient too because she doesn't give up so easily when a challenge comes her way and I don't know it makes me feel anxious I want to know how she's going to be like I also want to see her grow up so much I want to see everything that comes her way I want to see her as a teenager. I want to see her when she's older. I want to have a relationship with her when she's 30 years old, as I have with my mom right now. Like, I, I want to see all of that. It's, it's amazing. It's a, it's a great experience. Well, that's magical. And it sounds like <laughs> Mia has made you high on life, <laughs> to your point earlier. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the priorities changed. So have you looked at Mia's chart at all? 
I have because somebody printed one for me and gave it to me as a gift. My aunt actually, mm-hmm. uh, she gave it to me as a gift for when she was born, but I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know a little bit about it, but at the same time, I want to see if, like, in the future, mm-hmm. that like sort of makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be skewed into raising her. Totally. That's a really controversial topic in astrology is literal birth chart readings with the baby's firstborn or even readings for children because they're becoming who they're going to become. And to your point, you don't want to introduce any bias maybe. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think just understanding maybe some of the expressions of different energies could help in terms of being just a roadmap for what might come down the road at some point. Yeah. So I don't know. I see both sides of it and I totally understand both sides of it as well because, you know, I'm not a mom yet, but for me, I feel like I would number one immediately, like we were talking about when you had Mia, like make sure someone knows the exact time (laughs) of when she's born. Uh, That was one of Javi's jobs, like to (laughs) keep a record of the exact time she came on. (laughs) Because a lot of hospitals, like the nurses may be like five, 10 minutes off and if it really comes down to one of those times where signs are changing, that's a big deal, like five or 10 minutes. So good job, Javi. (laughs) I think that's very important. But even just knowing the sun, moon rising, you're not going too far into the deep end of the whole chart and where's every single planet and all of that stuff. But you have an idea of what the energy was when that baby took its first breath. And you can just start to see if that resonates or not, but it's not like getting too deep into it. I think this is very case specific. In this case, in particular, everybody, and I mean everybody that knows a little bit about astrology, came to me and said, she's a Scorpio, you're screwed, basically. So that's why I didn't want to know anything because I didn't want to like get into a fight with her or whatever. She's six months old. That's like, I'm way ahead of myself. But (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to be biased, as you were saying, because she's a Scorpio and all of that. As we were discussing before the recording started, I'm a Leo and I'm not that showy, you know? And I don't know if she's going to be like that. And I want to know what she's going to be like without having people telling me that she's going to be very intense. (laughs) If maybe she was born in a different month with a different sign, I would have checked everything from the start Mm -hmm. but in this case I didn't want to because I felt like everybody was giving me a lot of energy telling me that she was going to be very difficult and I didn't like that oh my god oh yeah (laughs) well I know that you and I talked about it before because you were kind of close to the Libra Scorpio but like you always felt like it was going to be in Scorpio season I I, I say this a lot and it's actually funny because you're a Leo I think Leo and Scorpio are the most highly stereotyped signs. I'm not sure how to say that. But I think whenever anybody thinks of astrology, they think of Leos as being dramatic and Scorpios as being like dark brooding goths, you know, (laughs) like, you know, we've started to see more and more memes around Valentine's Day that say like, don't get pregnant because you're going to have a Scorpio or there's a there's this negative perception of Scorpios. And in astrology, there's never good or bad. Any sign, any energy can be expressed in literally infinite ways. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast. Because if someone hears about you having a Leo sun and a Leo moon and being like, ooh, I don't really feel like a Leo, that helps them to understand maybe why they don't feel like a Leo or if they have their sun and moon in the same signs, like maybe that's why that's not resonating. And I hope to dispel the myth of the Scorpio, whatever that's going around, because as much as people talk about that intensity, that is not a bad thing. Scorpios also bring that intensity to the love that they give, to the relationships that they have, to whatever they're doing. So yes, it can, I guess, comically or sarcastically be like whatever people think it is. But the other part of it is that once someone who has a fixed sign like Scorpio, once they are committed to you, that loyalty and the depth of that connection is just intense in the best way. It just is 
overpowering in some ways because that's magic with Scorpio. I didn't plan on this being a defend the Scorpio stereotype episode, (laughs) but I think you can apply that to any of the signs, right? I think Gemini is probably up there with people being like, oh, two-faced or whatever. I I don't know. I try to push those out of my mind because they're so silly. Like when you're actually looking at the astrology of it and you're actually looking at all the different ways that something can express itself, it just, it doesn't have to be narrowed down to like this one bad thing, <laughs> which I think is what a lot of people who aren't familiar with astrology do. No, I agree. And also, I think that you taught me that too. And with a little I know about astrology, it's not just the sun, right? So it's also about the rising and the moon. And Mia has a rising in Aquarius, which is very good. <laughs> and I don't know if it's good or bad, but I, I like it. <laughs> And one of the things you told me when you were reading my card is that my north node is Aquarius. Is that right? Oh, yes. I remember talking about that. So maybe she'll teach me a bit about it. Well, I have a lot of Aquarius in my life, but I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how my relationship with Mia plays out. (laughs) And Leo and Aquarius, because you have like the most Leo I've ever seen in anybody's chart. (laughs) It just is like exploding with Leo energy. But... Leo and Aquarius are opposite in the chart. So they, in some ways, struggle to work together because they are opposite points. And they're like, no, go this way. And then the other one's like, no, go this way. But whenever signs are opposite each other in a chart, they also have a common theme. When we're talking about an opposition aspect, there's a tension there. It's like you're in a house and someone knocks at the front door and someone knocks at the back door. And sometimes we freeze because we're like, Ah, I can't open both doors at the same time. And you panic and you just don't know what to do because all these people are knocking. But then when we realize, wait, I can answer the front door first and then answer the back door. I just can't do them at the same time. That's how you learn to work with those polarities and those separate energies because you can pay attention to being like, okay, in this situation, I'm going to pay attention to my Leo side. And in this situation, I'm going to pay attention to my Aquarius side. And both of those signs in a lot of ways are about love. Leo is about (laughs) self-love. Great. We love a healthy ego. Leo is also about the heart and generosity. And again, going back to the stereotypes, people think of like, I'm flipping my hair for everyone who can't see the video because this is a podcast. (laughs) But like, oh, it's me. I'm a superstar. Look at me. But Leo is also what we think of in terms of like the Wizard of Oz, the generous lion and the generosity of heart is what comes to mind when I think of Leo. And then Aquarius is loving in a distant way. (laughs) Aquarius loves humanity, wants to save the planet, wants to save all the people, but maybe doesn't like humans very much. (laughs) You know, they want to keep their distance. So Aquarius is the sign of the humanitarian and bringing love to the collective, whereas Leo is the sign of loving yourself and bringing that true depth of a generous heart to your relationships. So they're expressing their love differently in that back door, front door kind of way. But at the end of the day, it's the same energy. Well, I think that what you're saying, like, well, everything you always say makes me think a lot. That's why I like you so much. And (laughs) I think that what you were just saying about the doors resonates with me a lot because in my life, I have my mom and my sister-in-law who were my guides into motherhood. They're both Aquarius. And I think that if I hadn't had them, I would be a much different mother Because if I would have channeled my, I don't know if it was my Leo or what, but if I would have channeled a lot of like my way of seeing things, I would have been more obsessed, more, I don't know, more scared. They made me relax and say like, everything's going to be all right. It's so interesting to me how much Aquarius (laughs) energy you have in your life and that your North Node is there and that it's balancing out this. I mean, you said it yourself. It helped you to balance out all of that Leo energy because you have your sun, your midheaven, your South Node, because your North Node is in Aquarius. They're always opposite. Venus, the moon, and Jupiter, all in Leo. And when we talk about your North Node 
it's the direction that you're moving to and like the lessons that you need to learn in this lifetime. So (laughs) the universe gave you lots of Aquarius energy to learn from and to see as an example, right? They were really expanders to you of being like, oh, I want to be more like this. I want to embrace this Aquarian energy. So just with that, you had a head start in embracing your North Node because you had these big eyes being like, wow, I love the way they handle that. I want to learn how to do that as well. But the nodes are also points of fate. They're often called the nodes of fate. And the fact that Mia has her Aquarius rising, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, well, this was fated. Like this was meant to be. And that's she's another teacher for you to bring in that mm-hmm. energy. So that's really cool. That's also scary. <laughs> I feel like she is going to bring a lot to the table and I'm going to have to be open to everything. But that would happen regardless of what her rising sign is, right? Like that's just yeah. being a mom. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom and I have opposite sun and rising signs. She's a Virgo sun, Aquarius rising. I'm an Aquarius sun, Virgo rising. And we have both been teachers in each other's lives in different phases. And we talk about that a lot. She and I are very close, but we have had very distinct periods where I'm the teacher, where she's the teacher, where one of us is kind of leading the charge. And looking at it from that perspective, I think might help mellow you out. Because as a mom, number one, you are a teacher, right? Like that's your whole point, (laughs) especially for the first however many years (laughs) of someone's life. Like you are there to nurture and grow and teach and all of that. But as Mia gets older, she's already teaching you different ways to look at the world. But just acknowledging that is going to be reciprocal might in times when you're like, frustrated by whatever's going on or overwhelmed or whatever to be able to have that perspective of being like, okay, she's a teacher for me. What am I going to learn from this situation? Might just bring down whatever the feelings associated with that (laughs) are. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And also something different. I'm going to change the conversation entirely. But like my rising is Sagittarius and Javi is Sagittarius. So I, I... I don't know if that makes any sense but like I feel like it's we're connected in some way Um, all three of us because we could have been completely different right Mm -hmm. yeah and I personally believe that we choose our charts I was supposed to be a Pisces I was born six weeks early and we wouldn't be the people that we are if we didn't have the charts that we have that's a very personal belief I'm sure there are other astrologers out there who don't believe that but if we're looking at a chart in terms of our life's roadmap and the life lessons that we're supposed to learn in our entire lifetime on earth, for me, I feel like there's something behind that. It's not random. It's not arbitrary. I believe that our souls have selected this path and our chart is just here because we forget once we're on this 3D plane, right? It's our chance to actually live our chart and learn those lessons. Because if you remembered all the stuff from before we incarnated, then there wouldn't be a point to being here. So my personal belief, totally fine if nobody agrees with this, (laughs) is that Mia chose you and Javi to be her parents and she chose that chart and you guys are going to be her guides and her teachers and her family. And everyone's chart has challenging aspects in it because – those are the lessons that we're meant to learn in this go around. Yeah, like nobody's charts will be perfect. <laughs> How boring <laughs> to just be able to sail totally. through life with no issues. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I, know, I know, I agree, I agree. <laughs> it depends on what type of issues you have, right? <laughs> I guess. I do have a lot of Leo and that is an issue <laughs> sometimes, especially when I get upset and things like that because I'm as you said, Leos are very loyal and they love a lot. We hate a lot too. <laughs> well, it's a fire, right? Like it's Well, not hate. I don't want to say that. We sort of get upset a lot or when somebody betrays us, we're very, how do you say it um, in English? Uh, rencorosos, you know? Oh, resent. It's not even resentful. We hold grudges. Yes. That's what I want to say. And I don't know if I'm like that with everything, but... I, I do have a lot of that energy within me. 
Well, and Leo is one of the fixed signs. So from that perspective, I think there's more of a propensity to cut people off (laughs) or like cut people out because it's like once you've made your decision, you've made your decision. And if you've decided that you don't want to have somebody in your life or you don't want to be friends with somebody or whatever, that's oftentimes what happens because you're fixed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. I think that the pandemic taught me a lot on that subject because, well, I think it taught everybody the same thing because we were all forced to be more, I don't know, to go within ourselves and ask ourselves a lot of questions. At least that's how we experienced the whole lockdown thing. But I think that one of the crises I had at least was friendship, right? And not friendship only, but like relationships in general. And how I wanted to tackle that moving forward. Do I want to actually do that? Like cut people out of my life and not talk to them anymore? Or do I want to, I don't know, give them a second chance in what in my in my perspective would be a second chance, right? I'm always in that dichotomy, let's say, of like, how do you actually want to, to take it, right? Do you want to take it as, well, this is healthy because otherwise this hurts me? You know, like I'm going to cut these people out because it's healthy for me because otherwise it hurts. Or do you want to fight that a little bit and see how you can actually live with that person, not cutting them out and learning how to deal with, like other people can do things, but it's how you react, the the, the impact it has on you, right? You decide how you react to things. And that's something we have been talking a lot with my husband too, especially yesterday. We were talking about that, like it is how you react that affects you. And you can do with what people do, whatever you want. So if you fill out yourself with a lot of bad energy, then you are the one carrying that. Like, it's not somebody else. So I think it was really interesting because it made me learn a lot about how do I want to proceed with that thing of holding grudges? Because I've been doing that my entire life. It's very characteristic of me. (laughs) But I need to sort of, I want to break that cycle. It's not that I need to, but I want to, because I feel like, I'm losing a lot. I'm losing a lot of energy wasting on that. And I'm missing out. You know what I mean? Because I say, no, this hurts me. Bye. But maybe I need to redefine things and grab that differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like everything else we talked about earlier, the fixed energy, which you have so much of (laughs) because of your Leo, your Aquarius, you have Pluto and Scorpio. Oh, and your Mars is in Taurus. You have a lot of fixed energy (laughs) in your chart. (laughs) It's like almost all fixed energy, but it can go both ways. So yes, you can decide, I don't want that person in my life anymore. I don't want to deal with this because it hurts. And then you make that decision and you stick with it. But the other side of that coin is you making the decision to not waste the energy, to not miss out. And then that fixed energy supports you however you want to learn the new way of being. So you have the ability, more than most people who don't have 10 planets and fixed signs, you have so much support from your chart to really do what you put your mind to, especially with your Mars in Taurus, because Mars is the planet of action and Taurus is the sign of persistence, really. So you have you have the dream chart for going after what you want. <laughs> But it's so weird because I have a lot of fixed energy, but I feel like I'm in constant change, like all the time. Like I always look for change. Maybe it's my anxiety or I get bored a lot, (laughs) but it's interesting. Well, and oftentimes we seek out the things that we need to balance the energies that we have really heavily in our chart. So with all that fixed energy, I understand why that could make you want variety and mutability. So you could be seeking that out. You also have a Sagittarius rising and that is a huge part of who you are. And that's a placement that it's not just seeking change, but it's how can I learn the next thing? How can I expand my knowledge, my horizons? And you also have all of those Leo planets in your ninth house, which is basically the house that is represented by Sagittarius. So yes, your fixed energy is really strong. Your Leo energy is really strong, but so is your Sagittarius energy by connection to that ninth house. 
because all of that Leo energy is channeling in the area of your life of needing to grow constantly, needing to learn new things, needing to expand. I mean, that's the the theme of Sagittarius in the ninth house. And because it's all fixed, you're like, I need to do this forever. I'm going to be very fixed about needing to have this in my life. Yeah, I, I totally feel that. <laughs> I, I can't stay still. What I found interesting about the charts is that they they sort of push you into a certain direction too, right? When you actually know what your chart looks like, you're like, oh, this makes total sense. I'm going to put more energy in this because this helps me, I don't know, go into the right direction, you know? So it's good to know that the, the reason why I'm constantly changing, it's maybe not a bad thing, but it's more of like what I need to break a cycle. I think that's really cool. What I like about having formal conversations with my friends is I've learned so much about you all. In the form that I sent you ahead of time, you mentioned you're a quality program manager by day and a philosopher by night. And the ninth house and Sagittarius are about philosophy. (laughs) And that's something that I have in my head and Jupiter about those three connections but we don't really talk about philosophy much in everyday life in 2022. I think it's something that we think of old Greek guys talking about. And it's not really something that is a common word that we're throwing around. So I loved learning that about you. But I also love how that is so clearly marked in your chart. And it probably is something that I've said in passing, like, oh, it's about your worldview or your philosophies in life. But I feel like that's something that is just, it's something for people to chew on or to ponder. But with you actually using that word, I was like, oh, ding, ding, ding. That's a really core part of who you are. Yeah, (laughs) it is. So a while back, the first time somebody read my chart, they told me that one of the things I had was I needed to find meaning to things. That's one of my things in my chart, apparently, mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's so weird because I'm constantly doing that. Not only like finding meaning to the things I do or to the things somebody else does. Let's say somebody ghosts you, I want to know why. Like I, I can't stop. I'm going to go till the end to find out why. Well, that is a great place to have Mia as your partner because Scorpio is like the ultimate detective. Like. They will dig through the trash to find whatever information they need. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's great news. Now I'm kidding. But like, um, it was just an example. Of, I'm not talking about ghosting. So was my Scorpio example. I don't want to bias anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I found it really, really weird because I studied philosophy in university. And then I studied, oh, I went to a philosophy class for, I don't know, two years. I love that. And that teacher that that was teaching me, he mentioned that if during the day you ask a question that doesn't have an answer, or maybe it does does have an answer, but like just asking a question about how things work, it's already doing philosophy. So that's why I said I'm a philosopher at night because I'm all the time asking myself these type of questions. What does this mean? Or where is this coming from? Or what I said at the beginning of the podcast, right? Like we create our own reality. So I find it really interesting to ask I'll ask all these questions because I want to have a point of view on certain things and like go there, you know? I know it happened with a lot of things, creating a point of view on parenthood. Like when we found out I was pregnant, we sat down and we had like all these long conversations about like, where do we want to go? How do we want to take this? How do we want to raise Mia? We answered a thousand questions. It's a, I don't know, a survey, not a survey, but like a questionnaire you can enter and it's like what values do you want to instill in your children and that develop into like a huge conversation like what kind of values do you live on right I don't know those type of things (laughs) I can go all day with this but these are the type of conversations I Yeah. And with Javi being a Sagittarius that is probably part of the reason why you guys get along because you're both able to think about philosophy and you talking about all of this I just reread one of my favorite books called Sophie's World And have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. I didn't read it. It's basically an introductory course to philosophy as told through the stories of two teenage girls in Scandinavia. It's so well written and it's kind of meta and I don't really know how to describe it because it's 
a weird book. But I think philosophy and astrology, good astrology, have in common that like philosophy isn't meant to give you answers. It's just meant to give you more questions. And mm-hmm. in the episode I just released with Tanya, we were talking about how a good astrologer will just give you more questions for you to think about, right? Because you're the one who has to live with your chart and figure out what each expression means to you. So that's a crossover I had never thought about before. But really, when we're talking about astrology, so much of it is your your personal philosophy on yourself and your life and exactly what you're talking about with Mia. It's your ability to do that for yourself as you're growing and like making choices every day. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think you're an amazing astrologer is because you don't define people. You do that. You pose questions, you guide people into finding more about themselves. And I think that's pretty good. And I think you're a great um, guide, at least for me. (laughs) And you inspired me to starting to learn about tarot, right? So you, you started doing these Mystic Monday things where you pull out a card for everybody. And I sort of started like saying, what? I, I totally needed that card. Like every time it happens, the same thing every time. Like every time you pull out a card, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the card I needed. And I started doing the tarot course. And one of the first things they tell you is like, tarot doesn't tell the future. It guides you into asking yourself questions. And I think they're connected in a way, tarot and astrology. Like, that's how it should be. I, I wouldn't like to have somebody come read the chart to me and say, like, you're like this and you're like that and you're like this. Because that's the energy I felt from a lot of people around me, right? Like, Mia is a Scorpio. She's going to be like that. And maybe she she isn't. Or, or maybe she is, but we can contribute things into her life to to make that change. I don't know how I'm going to get along with her and that's the most scary part. But no, you're just you guys are going to get along the way that you're meant to. Mm-hmm. Everyone's chart is as unique as a fingerprint. Nobody has the same chart. So when we're talking about the skeptics of astrology who are like, well, you can't categorize everyone on the planet into 12 categories and like they're not all the same. You're right. They aren't all the same. Everyone has a different Venus placement, a different rising sign, a different moon sign. And then that's just the basics of astrology with the major planets. Then we get into asteroids and there are thousands of asteroids. So for like, I'm clenching my fist because I'm frustrated that <laughs> any that anyone has put into your mind any sort of doubt or fear about what your relationship with Mia will look like based on one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's so silly. Like <laughs> I was clenching my fist earlier out of frustration, but I'm laughing because she is going to be a whole person. And whether we're talking about her astrology placements or just her personality or her experiences or the choices that she makes, you being a good mother and supporting her and guiding her and teaching her and sharing your philosophies with her and all of the things that we've been talking about over this entire chat – are what are going to build that relationship. And so, yes, is it good for you to understand what Scorpio means and how it expresses itself? Of course, just like it is for you to understand how Leo expresses itself. Mm -hmm. But you also don't resonate with the stereotypical descriptions of Leo, just like Mia may or may not resonate with the stereotypical expressions of Scorpio. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If a person was born with that same chart, let's say in a completely different context, would that affect how they are? Like would context affect how people are if the planets are in the same place? What do you mean by context? So for example, my context was that I was born in Argentina. I was raised by Armenians. I had a lot of input from different people. Let's say we take that same chart 10 years ago. Would that mean that that person will be different? Well, that you wouldn't have the same chart 10 years ago because the outer planets, Pluto, Uranus, they move so slowly that Pluto takes 200 plus years to go around the entire zodiac. Even twins who are born minutes apart, 
you see that they have different expressions of very similar charts. There's a chance that the rising sign, it changes two hours and the moon changes about every two days. So even when we're talking about twins, there's a chance that those signs might change. They probably won't. But twins look the same or are born at the same time, but they have different personalities. And that's just what speaks to the infinite expressions of all of these energies. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Got it. The other piece is there could have been someone born at the exact same time as you, but if they were born halfway across the world in Timbuktu, wherever, that's going to change their house placements. So even if the planets are in the same places, the areas of their life that that energy is expressing itself in is going to be totally different. So that's why I'm saying like, we can't reduce anybody, ourselves, our kids, our friends, our parents, to one thing, because our astrology chart is a reflection of who we are. And people are complex. People are learning and growing and changing every day. So it's just not, it's not possible. It's not possible. And that's that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm putting my foot down. (laughs) Okay, Anoush, we were all over the place in this conversation. (laughs) And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Let's move on to my newly coined section, not so rapid fire questions. (laughs) So take your time. Take your time in answering this. Okay. Okay. Do you consider yourself to be more of an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, extrovert for sure. There's Leo. There she is. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) But you know, I'm an extrovert, but at the same time, like I'm an, I'm also a singer, I'm a musician, I, I love to do all of that, but I hate to show myself. Like I'm an extrovert, but up to some point, I like to show myself somehow, but I hate to be the center of attention. That's very Aquarius. Really? Mm-hmm. Leo wow. wants to be on the stage. Aquarius wants to be in the audience. Wow. Yeah. I do want to be on the stage though. But I don't want. You don't want anyone in the audience. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's so weird. But yeah, that's. <laughs> well, maybe that's your way of like answering one door at a time. And I think the other <laughs> thing is that you know Leos get the rap of being the rock star, like always wanting to be center stage. But really, it's about shining in the places that you want to shine. So for you, maybe that's being the center of attention with your family or places where you feel comfortable. Just because you have a lot of Leo in your chart doesn't mean that you want to be standing on a stage in front of a bunch of strangers. It just means that you want to feel validated and seen in the places where you feel comfortable doing that, like where you want to shine. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. And I think one of the reasons why I'm like an extrovert, but up to some point is because I'm huge perfectionist. Like I go to a social gathering and with a lot of people. When I come back, I like revisit the entire thing. And I, I'm like, well, I said this wrong. I did this wrong. Like I, I give myself feedback, but I'm, I, that, and that's insane. <laughs> that drives you nuts. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I don't like to be that, that much the center of attention because I it would be very hard on myself, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so weird because it's such a real thing and I can't seem to like completely embrace it. You know what I mean? That's a stereotypical Leo thing. So you don't have to embrace it if it's not something that you feel comfortable with. With all of that Leo energy in your ninth house, it's maybe shining or being the center of attention when it comes to philosophy or asking questions, even it work? Are you contributing because you're asking questions that nobody is asking or asking questions at all instead of just like going with the flow? So I think we generally all have a lot of work to do around these stereotypes and these assumptions that we have about signs because, again, there's just so many different ways to express each of these energies. And We shouldn't feel like we have to change who we are or feel like we aren't fitting into like some box, like the Leo box, because Mm -hmm. we don't align with these three descriptions that we find on Google. So I guess I would just encourage you and anyone else who feels that way to just think differently about what each side means. Talk to a professional astrologer, preferably me. (laughs) Yes, you. I I think that when you 
feel misaligned based on that information, it doesn't feel good. And you're like, well, why am I like this? And I don't want anyone to feel like that because you shouldn't. You're you and your chart is expressing itself the way that it should. My job is just to help you understand why maybe that isn't aligning with the big picture or like what people are saying or anything like that. I think everybody needs a lunette in their lives <laughs> or having a, a like a session with you to empower them. So you're amazing. You're amazing. Look, we're already <laughs> not so rapidly answering these questions. Anoush, what is your superpower? Oh, wow. Um, what is my superpower? I think my superpower is maybe I, I'm being too cocky, but maybe I'm being too Leo, but um, I'm very empathetic. Like, I want that to be my superpower, even if it's maybe not, but like, I want that one to be my superpower. I have context, the word context tattooed in my neck, because I think everybody has their own context and everybody has their own reality. And we need to take that into account whenever we're dealing with anybody. I'm very empathetic. I like to put myself in other people's shoes, for sure. I think that's my superpower. I love that. I also think asking questions is a superpower. Really? I do. <laughs> do you see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> Now I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> what is your dream travel destination? Ooh. Right now we want to go to Japan. I think that's one. But for a long time, it was Easter Island. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but it was Easter Island. I we'll have to look at your astro map because that's like very specific. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't know why. I was like very tempted to go there. I want to see the like the rock faces. Mm -hmm. and I don't know how, what they're called, but um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Right? Well, well I want to follow up on that. That sounds <laughs> intriguing from a locational astrology <laughs> perspective. Wait, you said travel, right? Not uh -huh. live. Travel. Yes, travel. Yeah. But oftentimes when we're called to places, especially places like that, <laughs> there's a reason. So I'm just, I'm curious. Anoush, how do you bring ritual into your daily life? So I do have my deck in my hand all the time and I pull out a card every day. But with a baby, <laughs> rituals are more routine <laughs> tasks. And we do the same thing every day because routines make a baby feel safer. They like it when you do your routine. So that's basically it. Things I do every day is listen to music for sure. I try to read. I fail a lot, but I do try every day to read a couple of pages at least. And yeah, I work. <laughs> that's a ritual for me too. And, and I would argue that routine... It can be sacred ritual, especially when you're talking about bringing safety to the most precious thing in your life, right? Like that's magic right there. You're being very intentional and that's a very Leo characteristic as well. And last but not least, where do you shine brightest in your life? Where do I shine brightest in my life? Can I say work? <laughs> yes, you can say whatever you want. I think at work <laughs> because I, I don't know, I feel very comfortable working. I think that's where I feel more, most confident as well because I do that eight hours a day every day. Mm -hmm. And well, now I'm experiencing a new section <laughs> in my life, which is being a mother. And I really hope I can say the same thing in a year or so. Right now it's so brand new. I don't want to say that's where I shine the brightest but I'll tell you in a, in a year or so if that's the new place but I love I love being a mother it's like something I I'm really excited about and it's brand new so I don't want to jinx it but you know that people say I don't know I'm done changing diapers or whatever I'm not done I could do that every day I love spending time with her whichever way it is whichever form so that sounds shiny to me but I'll let you come around to it in your own time. <laughs> <laughs> the way you talk about being a mom is just with so much love and that shines through to me. Just how how happy it makes you and how much joy you get from it. So I'm not answering the question though. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does make me really happy. It does. I feel like 
obviously we wanted her like we were looking for her right and we had in our minds this little girl mia like we had that in our heads for years especially me i think we both did but i didn't realize how much i wanted it until i had her like it was like now i see it like it's it was meant to be like i needed this in my life i think yeah and it makes me extremely happy i'm i'm the happiest i've ever been the first three months that I only spent with her, I didn't do anything else, were amazing. Like I was, I was in cloud nine the entire time. We all were. It's the best. <laughs> At least for me. Like I don't know what to say because I always say that it's the best, but there's a lot of people that actually struggle a lot and they don't sleep and they find it really difficult. They they struggle with, I don't know, the hormonal roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that experience after I, I gave birth to her. I didn't go into, I don't know, postpartum depression or anything. But there's a lot of people that do. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say like, hey, go have babies because maybe you have a bad experience. But like, honestly, it made it all made sense. And yeah. that's my experience. Well, just hearing you talk about it makes me feel happy. Happy for you. Happy for Mia that she has such a loving and expansive mom you're gonna show her all the things i am just so grateful for you for sharing your experience and asking me all those questions anoush (laughs) all of them (laughs) anoush thank you so much for sharing and being so open and telling us what it's like being a new mom where can people find you if they want to follow along with your journey or see cute pictures of Mia. They can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is at E-I-N-U-S-H. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I loved chatting with you. Give Mia a big squeeze for me. Thank you. I will. Thank you so much for having me in it. I loved it. I always love talking to you. Same here. You're the best. (laughs) Because you asked me all the questions. <laughs> All right, Anish, have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Anish for joining me and being so open about how she feels about her chart and her daughter's chart. If you like this episode or found a nugget of wisdom in it and maybe think that someone you love would find it beneficial, I would so appreciate it if you would share it with them. That's the best way to get this podcast into other people's ears and to share the love. If you feel called to do so, I would so appreciate a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We had a great time exploring Anusha's chart this episode and all of that Leo energy that just shines so brightly. You can find a link to her chart in the show notes if you're learning about astrology or heard anything that reminds you of your own chart. If you want to get a deeper glimpse into your chart, book a cosmic consult with me at cosmicmoves.com slash shop. I'd love to work with you. And wherever you are, here's wishing you a stellar day and see you next time.